Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. I'm your host, Dave Ebert, and we're really excited for this edition. Uh, we've got a, a special guest coming to us all the way from Wasilla, Alaska, uh, Andrea Sandifer. She uh, is a musician. She's a, a worship leader and a songwriter, and she also gets to encourage the artistry of others through planning art events at her church uh, centered around biblical themes. And she's also one of the hosts for the Creatively Christian podcast. We're going to talk about all that in just a few moments. Uh, you're going to have a lot of fun getting to meet Andrea. And we're actually going to uh, hear one of her songs uh, this evening. Uh, so I think you're really going to enjoy that as well. But let's uh, dive in uh, tonight to our uh, Devotions with Dave segment. Uh, this evening, we are going to be reading from uh, the book of uh, Hebrews. Uh, let me pull up that verse for you. Hebrews 4.12 is our verse this evening, and that reads, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Again, that's Hebrews 4.12 at the NLT. And this verse really speaks to me because sometimes we shy away from reading the Bible because we don't want that conviction. We don't want the Holy Spirit to tap us on the shoulder and say, yeah, that's you. Um, that that verse is written or that scripture or that story is actually talking to you. And we shouldn't be afraid of that. Uh, the Bible tells us that God disciplines and corrects those he loves and he loves us all. And he wants us to grow and become stronger in our faith, stronger in our walk and stronger in our relationship with him. And when you get to those points where the Bible is that two-edged sword that's cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes your innermost thoughts and desires, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a very good thing. So I want to encourage you, let the Bible do its job. Let the Word of God reach in and uh, and touch you in such a way that, that you can be better and stronger in your walk. Uh, so that was our Devotions with Dave segment. So now uh, let's welcome in our guest, Andrea Sandifer. Andrea, welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. We're really uh, excited to have you on. Uh, Jake from the uh, Theophany uh, Media. Am I getting that right? Theophany? You got it. Right? Uh, he uh, reached out to me a while back and he said, hey, Andrea's wanting to do some more podcasts. Uh, would you be willing to have her on? And, you know, $50 later over Venmo. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I owe him. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was like, sure. And I heard your uh, some of your songs on your website and I uh, heard your interview where you were actually being interviewed by Brandon, uh, who was on our podcast a few weeks ago. And uh, I was like, wow, this, this girl's really awesome. I definitely want her on. Uh, so uh, welcome. How are things out in Alaska? Oh, good. Uh, we're we're actually just having a really nice, uh, we call it a spring Alaska day. Uh, we still have a lot of snow. Our snow sticks around till at least early May, typically. Um, and But it was, I think it was about five below at sunrise this morning. And uh, But the sun came out and it was beautiful. 
I think when I came down for this, uh, cause it's right now it's like four 30 ish here, it was about 20 mm. degrees. So that feels pretty darn good. If you're sitting in a window, a sunny window inside, um, that sun streams in and makes a big difference. So March is actually probably one of my favorite months up here. Cause you still have the snow to play in, mm. but the light is back. Uh, our days are longer and the sun actually feels like the sun. Uh, it does not in January. I'll say that. So, yeah. So are you in a part of Alaska that uh, gets those like two, those days where it's like two or three hours of sunlight and the rest is dark or is that further north of you? That it's definitely further north. You couldn't pay me enough to live up there where you don't see it. Uh, I'm from Colorado before Alaska where the sun shines like 360 days of the year. Um, so moving here, it was very critical to have as much sun as possible. And so down here, I think our shortest day is about five and a half hours from sunrise to sunset, which is, it's hard, but mm -hmm. it's, it's okay. We do just fine. So we keep busy. I write a lot of music in the wintertime. Uh, I probably stay a little too busy. It gets a little crazy, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, keeps you keeps your mind off of how dark it really is outside at 10 o'clock in the morning so yeah so not only are you a musician and you're in worship at your church uh your mom how many uh, kids do y'all have i have two uh, my daughter's 11 and my son is eight so it is crazy fun right now they're at really fun ages they're at like this sweet spot where they're really independent but they're not sassy yet or at least not super sassy yet. So it's really, they're fun. They're really fun, uh, totally different personalities from each other. Uh, boy and a girl, that makes a huge difference. But just, I don't know, it never ceases to amaze me. Um, same parents, same upbringing, two completely different people. So mm. it uh, keeps us guessing for sure. Absolutely. Uh, do either one of them have the same musical uh, bent or are they completely different in that aspect? Uh, that has been interesting. Uh, that's a really good question. I wonder that myself. Um, but my daughter has been, it's really fun. She has started singing with my acapella group uh, mm -hmm. that sings uh, about twice a year. We, we do uh, a special song. And so she's kind of picked up singing um, vocally and she, they've both taken piano lessons. Uh, she took flute lessons for a while. My son just started guitar lessons again yesterday because his teacher, um, bless his heart, he had COVID really, really bad mm -hmm. and just recovered to the point where he can resume lessons. And we're so thankful. So I don't know. I, I have these dreams of my children helping me lead worship on Sunday morning. Um, maybe we'll see, you know, God gives us, uh, dreams like that for a reason sometimes. And I'm, I'm, I'm hanging on to that as a hope. I think that would be just kind of a full circle, beautiful uh, moment. So. Yeah, that would be awesome to be able to sing and lead worship with your kids. Do they ever uh, sing with you? Uh, I know that you said the, uh, she's with the acapella group sometimes. Yeah. Do you guys sing at home and, and work together? You know, it's funny. I've had that uh, come up a few times. People suggested that because especially since my daughter is kind of showing an interest in singing, um, she captured um, at the beginning of COVID about a year ago, um, our children's choir was trying to learn a song and we didn't know how long quarantine and stuff was going to happen. So her and I did some recordings and sent it out to our um, kids choir 
just to try to help them find their parts and hear, hear the different, um, like I sang the, the tenor parts and the alto parts and she would sing the soprano and, and the, the higher, um, like, um, the falsetto, like it'd be totally out of my range, but, um, it was so fun. And she actually, she sounded amazing. And so mm -hmm. I've had a few suggestions of, you know, maybe having her, jump on some of my recordings and doing kind of almost like a family album someday it'd be really fun so um i'm just starting into writing a bit more uh in that genre kind of like um songs for kids um and not necessarily kids songs but like songs from a parent's heart to children um and that yeah i have a few under my belt so far and i really love them i think it's a fun it would be a fun project yeah, that would be awesome. So do you have albums out or are you mostly producing uh, music for video or what What, what uh, can people find out when they go to your website? Oh, that's such a good question. I am in the midst of figuring that all out myself. My only official album uh, just came out last fall. It's a Christmas album. Um, oh. I have one original song on it and then I just did my favorite uh, Christmas carols. Um, my style is very, very simple and soothing. And so it's, it's probably one of those Christmas albums somebody could put in when they're feeling like stress of the holidays. And I pray it might just kind of soften that a bit. And, um, but other than that, I, I don't have anything else streaming at this point, but I have a ton of videos on YouTube. Um, and I, I definitely have a lot on my website available for download. Um, it's, it's kind of one of those things. I'm like at this tipping point now where I get to decide and I get to ask all of my friends and family and fans, like, where should I go next? What should I pursue recording and developing next? And I, I want to hear from them and it's kind of an exciting, uh, exciting time. So. And for those uh, listening that aren't able to watch uh, the video, uh, the website is andreasandifermusic.com. Um, and that's A-N-D-R-E-A-S-A-N-D-E-F-U-R music.com. Uh, you can also check the show notes and uh, you go to our website, you can find our social media links as well as links to our YouTube where you can hear uh, and watch all of our songs that are uh, published so far. And uh, that kind of is a segue. I want to uh, go ahead and play one of your songs. Uh, this one is called... Um, uh, what did we decide? <laughs> uh, Either one. Was, we could right. do we could do the one from Hebrews. You were kind of the one I wrote from Hebrews was a step behind where you just read from. It's more in the passages about rest. And uh, and then that leads into um, his discussion on the word. But there's one from Hebrews there, and then there's one from Ephesians we looked at earlier too. Either one, you pick. Let's go ahead with uh, Find Rest. Uh, uh, like you said, it's coming also out of Hebrews. So uh, this is coming straight from your YouTube channel, Find Rest.
beautiful and you've got a very the only way i can describe it is like a classical sounding voice that i i, I really enjoyed thank you I've, I've been called haunting before and I, I try to take that as a compliment i think i think it's a compliment <laughs> so. you know now that you say that uh haunting it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of uh uh i believe her name is amy lee from evanescence oh yes yes I, I'll take that. I'll take that comparison. <laughs> so, uh, again, the website, andreasanderformusic.com. Uh, check out more of her uh, YouTube videos. And for those of you that like Christmas year-round, uh, other than seeking help, go ahead and seek out her videos because I'm sure you're going to enjoy those as well. Um, <laughs> seeking help. <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. So, uh, Andrea, what... What we do here on Gifts of Glory is we, we want to promote people who celebrate or want to celebrate and promote 
people who use their gifts for God's glory, but we also want to hear their story. Uh, so I want to go back as far as you're comfortable sharing and how did you find a relationship with Jesus? Uh, were you born into a Christian home or, or did you have to find it more or less on your own? Oh, it's so, I love sharing this. So it, because each of our stories are so unique, but, um, you know, honestly, I was born uh, into a family that um, had quite a few Christian roots. Um, but honestly, it, going to church and being, you know, in the word as a family or really discussing things of faith wasn't a huge priority. So I would, I would say it was more of a surface level faith uh, growing up. And, you know, I look at my kids now and I'm like, I don't know how much they're really getting, you know, even mm. though we are attending church and, you know, so it just, it makes me think back like, okay, my parents were doing some really great things, but I wasn't really gripping a lot back then. Um, but then moving to Colorado from the Midwest originally, um, we were in a smaller town uh, and um I met my now husband, we're high school sweethearts, and um, he invited me to his church in the valley there. And it was, uh, it's the oldest, I think it's the oldest Lutheran church in the state of Colorado. It is wow. beautiful. Um, Hope Lutheran Church um, is where we got to attend church. It was just beautiful. Uh, I was married there. My daughter was baptized there. Um, just a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and the pastor there, so it was high school. Um, he was wonderful. Uh, really, really um, just a, a kind man of God. And that was my first real, um, where I started to notice like, okay, there's something to this Jesus thing. Like there, there there's, mm -hmm. there's something to this person and there's something to, uh, being not just a good person, you know, there, yes, we could strive to be good people, but there's, there's still a brokenness there. And I, and I was starting to figure that out. Um, but honestly, it wasn't until college. I think that's kind of when a lot of us make our big shift. Um, mm -hmm. Went to college uh, and got married at 19. Um, and my husband and I started attending a church in Monument, Colorado, just north of Colorado Springs. Um, a fantastic church. Um, it's still there. Uh, Family of Christ Lutheran Church. And um, honestly, that was probably where I did my most growth. Uh, initially, um, I actually got to be on my first praise team there, uh, my first worship team. And the worship pastor at the time was um, very talented, Mark Profont, a very, very talented guy. And um, I had never really, I'd never done any training as like a vocalist or uh, other than piano lessons. I had never taken, you know, and I was a band geek and all that good stuff, but um, <laughs> I had never learned how to pick out my vocal part. Um, so mm. I'm, I'm a, traditionally an alto. I have kind of a lower tone. And so he he would um he wouldn't even give me the notes so i had to figure out like anyway so that's aside from my my testimony but um it was really a good experience of meeting people and having something that um encouraged my gifts and uh it was in that church setting and so getting plugged into that family of faith there uh 
our pastor's wife was really um, strong in, in uh, Bible study leadership. And so it was really hard to leave that church family uh, moving up here. Mm. Um, and in moving up here, it took us a while to kind of get our feet uh, as far as finding a church family that um, ended up being a lasting place for us. Um, long story short, we ended up at the church we're at now, mm -hmm. uh, Wasilla Bible Church. And I have been blessed to um, be on the worship teams there for over a decade now. Uh, let's see, my daughter's 11. And I remember visiting with the worship pastor there. Uh, when she was in the infant car seat, you know, the the big heavy one that you got to carry around. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, over 11 years. And I, and I mentioned that. So our church family now, the way that they teach uh, and the way that they uh, encourage their members is through really seeking out your relationship with Jesus yourself. Like mm -hmm. even, even the, the sermons, the, um, our teaching pastors, they're, they're not spoon feeding us anything. They're really making us dig in and discover things for ourselves. And um, a transformative uh, moment for me was when our, um, our now pastor's wife, she asked me to consider leading Bible studies. And I had been part of Bible study. And, um, and again, the way that they do Bible study there is they, we don't even, we don't use a book other than the Bible. Mm. We just we dig in, we read the word for ourselves. And I have to say that was radical for me. Like I had never, I had never done that. I had never been taught to do that. Um to dig in to the word, to make your own observations, to form your own questions, to observe things of God yourself, and to let him pour, like you were saying, that that double-edged sword, those moments in the word where we can really be transformed and it and that was when my son was a baby, so that wasn't even a decade ago, really. Um, where I really started to grip that Jesus is real and he loves me, and he loves me enough that all that stuff we celebrate on Easter that we we meditate on in Lent in our current season and coming up, you know, the, the grief of Good Friday. That's my story. And and it, it honestly, it wasn't until I started digging into the word myself and being taught um, that it, it really it was a big turning point for me. So I, I like to say my my journey of faith was very much there was never a moment I really sat down in the chair and said, I'm saved. It was much mm -hmm. more of a sanctification process. And I love to see the the different places that God has um invited me in to learn little nuggets of truth over time and uh, different people he's put into my life to really uh, encourage me forward in that. So basically your, your story is that you kind of had a surface level belief for many years until finally you had the training wheels taken off and said, oh no, you dive in yourself and, and find the truth for yourself. Yeah, I like that training wheels. That makes a lot of sense. It was because it did. I actually the first book I dove into without training wheels was Hebrews. And wow. uh, I believe that that song find rest uh, flowed out of that first semester of study, where I was like, wait a minute. Here's here's something God revealed to me. This is something he is teaching me. 
And I feel like my my music really turned a corner in that uh, in that way too. When I started to pour out from what had been poured into me, it transformed everything I did. And uh, talking uh, about your music, you were um, you said that you weren't really trained to hear. Uh, so it was more or less, if I understood correctly, your worship pastor kind of discovered you in a way and <laughs> yeah. discovered the talent. Uh, it's interesting. So I, I uh, didn't really know I could sing until high school. And uh, my sister and I were driving home from one of our many extracurriculars in town. And it's kind of a long drive back up into the mountains there. And um, Shania Twain was on the radio, I remember. Mm. And I was singing along and she she looked over at me and she's like, you're keeping up. And I'm like, what? And, and so it was fun. It was one of those funny moments. I'll never forget it. And I And I really thank her for her encouragement because she then turned and said, well, you should really you should try out for the musical that's coming mm. up in, uh, I was, I was a freshman. I was terrified of like, what? I've never done plays. I've never done anything like that. And um, so uh, I did, I tried out and my first uh, vocal gig was as Bloody Mary in South Pacific. It was so fun. And, uh, and I think that was, yeah. It was really fun too, like discovering, you know, you're sitting there 15 years old, still kind of trying to figure out who you are and to watch people when I would sing that it would do something in them, that it would, it would, um, you know, in South Pacific, that you just show tunes, but like to watch the power of music and the music that was flowing through me do something in them, it was it was something I'll never forget. And so I've really, um, that was kind of the ember that started the, the, the fire. And from then on, I, I wanted to, I wanted to sing and I wanted to figure out ways to, um, sing. And honestly, it wasn't even really to serve the Lord. Uh, but going to church, they need volunteers. So, let's, let's go ask, let me go ask the worship leader if he needs any help. And, uh, he did, uh, you know, as most worship leaders would say, yes, please come and help. And, um, and, uh, so that first church in Colorado there, um, I think I had to do a little tryout session with him cause he's smart. He wants to vet mm -hmm. everybody. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. And then same thing up here, um, at our current church, I met with the worship pastor and, um, kind of, got to know me a bit of my story and um, ran me through the ringer trying to make me harmonize on the spot. It was a really good experience. So yeah, lots of fun. Now this is totally uh, random and tangential, but is there really a, a difference when you sing in the altitude in Colorado and, and then now where you're at in Alaska? Oh yes, there is no air up there. So I, I was actually in my house, my parents' house, they still are there. Um, it's at 9,000 feet in elevation. Uh, I currently live at 450 feet. <laughs> so I cannot sing up there anymore, hardly. I would have to really work on my, um, just my, my uh, yeah, my wind capacity. It would, I I don't know if I could. It'd be really tricky. Yeah, I mean, I ran track up there. I did all kinds of stuff up there. I look looking back, I'm like, 
I could have gone to sea level and crushed everybody. I could have beat <laughs> everybody because I, I had all the red blood cells from living in the altitude up there. Yeah. But now I'm a sea level dweller for sure. <laughs> so at what point did you start like pursuing writing your own songs and then uh, creating videos and, and creating your own songs? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, Cause that's another moment where I see God work in really cool ways. So my first ever song um, with lyrics, because uh, I, I, I love to write instrumental music too. I'm a pianist. And um, so I wrote a few instrumental songs, just playing around, finding my own melodies and stuff. But then my, um, my husband's grandfather, uh, he loved to write poetry. And one day, I, for, I think it was shortly before we moved to Alaska, he handed me one of his poems on like yellow lined memo paper and had his, you know, in his handwriting. Um, and he said, I've always wanted to, this to be a song. Do you think you could set it to music? And I was like, uh, sure, why not? Um, I'd never done anything like that before, but I, you know, being part of a worship team and being more familiar uh, with songs, um, good exposure, I thought, well, let's just give it a try. So actually it was one of my first projects up here um, getting settled into Alaska. We didn't really know many people and I had my piano um, and I, I sat down and just tried to figure it out and he loved it. He, no. He absolutely loved it. And his encouragement was, um, it was huge. Just his trust in me to do that. And he saw something in me that I didn't even see myself. Or maybe it was just a prompting, the spirit going, she could do it, you know, give give her a try. And I'm so glad he did because, yeah. Um, yeah, and we just re-recorded that song. My family members and I uh, worked together and uh, got a new recording of that one just recently. And it's kind of fun to look back on that song and go, okay, that was that was the first one. And, and it almost like wet my appetite, like, okay, this is really fun. Nice. Um, so from there, I started to just kind of write a few of my own, um, mostly when I was really bothered by something and I needed to express it in like almost like a prayer song to God. Um, but it wasn't until probably 2015, 16 that I started to get brave and put stuff on the internet. <laughs> so, uh, that took quite a bit of prodding on the Holy Spirit's part. Um, I read a book uh, by Emily P. Freeman called, um, I think it's called A Million Little Ways. Mm. Um, it's one of my favorite books uh, to encourage uh, creative sharing. Um, and I remember after reading that book, I thought, I need to share. I need to sh share what I've been creating. Because uh, if I just keep it to myself, then God can't do anything with it outside of just what it does within me, which is amazing. But it takes a lot of bravery to make that mm -hmm. first post and go, listen, everybody, and <laughs> say nice things only, you know, and so far so good. But uh, it's it takes a lot of courage. The uh, poem that your husband gave you, was that something that he had just written and thought that he wanted to music or is that something he had written a long time ago? 
Yeah. And it's my husband's grandfather who has now passed away that wrote Whoa. it. But um, he, I don't know when he wrote it. That's a really good question. I actually just found the original piece of paper the other day. I was so thrilled I found it because I was worried I had like misplaced it, but I was going mm. through my files and I found it. And it's so precious because it's got his handwriting and everything. Um, and I'm, I'm a little sad because I scribbled all over it and I was rearranging stuff. And I wish I would have oh. like kept that copy pristine and left it alone, but it's special. Um, but yeah, I think it's something that he... Um, he wrote probably later in his life because the, the theme of the song is all of these things that he saw in his life, all of these things that he got to experience. And then when you get to the chorus, it's more of a, but I want to see, and then it goes through all these biblical characters and the, the, the hook of the song is that he wants to see Jesus. And um, mm. it was really bittersweet. Um, I got to sing that for him and his wife um, at our little church up there in, uh, in Colorado, the Old Lutheran Church. Um, got to sing it for them, one of their anniversary Sundays. And then the second time I sang it, and probably the last time I've sang it in public, was at his funeral. So it was mm. uh, that was probably one of the hardest performances I've ever done. Uh, he was very dear to me and my family, and um, but by the grace of God, I got through it, mm -hmm. and it was special. So, and it's really kind of cool how God kind of opened that door so that you and your husband had something together that you were able to build to kind of get you started. So it wasn't you by yourself, but you and your husband were able to, in that small way, collaborate to create your first venture. Yeah, absolutely. So now he's he's invested in it so that you never feel like you're leaving him behind when you're pursuing your music. It's 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 a team. Yeah, he's you know, he's not musical at all. My my husband, uh, he denies that he can sing at all. He can. Uh, we'll catch him one of these times and uh, you guys will hear he actually can. But uh, he, the, the most terrifying thing in the world would be for somebody to hand him a microphone <clears throat> and he'd have to even just talk into it. He'd be like, no, 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 no. Uh, and then he was a band geek with me, but I think he mostly just sat in the back um, in the trumpet section because he was right behind me. And um, he just kind of pretended to play. It was kind of funny. So we like to joke about that. But um, he is a huge support. Um, so all of the ministry work I do, it takes time. And it takes um, like a Sunday morning for us right now. We're running three services, 8 o'clock, 9.30, and 11.15. Wow. And our worship team members get there at 7 in the morning. And we're there until 1. And, you know, when my, you know, I have I have kids. And so I leave in the morning. He's there. And I know they're his kids too. But like the the devotion of being the support for our family when I'm pouring my time um, into other things, it's huge. It's, I, I couldn't do what I get to do uh, for the Lord without him. Yeah. And that's the importance of, of marriage is that you have somebody who's got your back and that that's the beauty. And, and my wife supports me with the podcast and with comedy and you, you really, you can't do it without that partner. I mean, obviously if God calls you to it, he's going to equip you to do it, but 
it just feels like so much of the burden is lifted when you have somebody that's in your corner that makes it possible for you. Absolutely. So uh, what what's your husband's name? I don't think I ever caught it. Oh, his name is Andrew, which is hilarious because mine's Andrea. And so when we go on a flight anywhere, you know how they, they have your last name and then they like the last remaining digits are like whatever else fits. So we are both Andre Sandifer when we travel. It's really funny. <laughs> that, that's really cool. <laughs> um, and, and anytime I, I talk to somebody named uh, Andrew, I say, well, you and God have the same first name because, you know, Andrew goes by Andy and the old hymn says, Andy walks with me, Andy talks with me. <laughs> but um ching, I love it. <laughs> and that is the lame joke of the night brought to you by <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So uh, I know that uh, a lot of your uh, your songs are, are written based on scripture. Uh, where else do you find inspiration or is scripture primarily where you draw uh, your music from? Oh, definitely scripture is probably my go-to. Um, but recently I have written a few, I would call them just more like uh, story songs or prayer songs. And they're more reflective of like, um, if I'm struggling through something or really, uh, it's almost like, uh, I need to have a discussion with God about something. One of my most recent songs, it's called um, Be With Me. And it was kind of written at the beginning of last summer when, you know, as a worship leader, you can only imagine like we didn't get to lead worship like yeah. at all last year. And right. it was really hard. And it was really lonely um, to have that um, kind of stripped away. And we had other opportunities to do things. But um, And I love my family, but I missed people. And I missed being mm -hmm. with people who were an, an encouragement to me. And um, so I, I went through this period where I felt really lonely. And um, thankfully, I, I learned a bit about... Um, we call it like soaking prayer or reflective prayer where we can really just sit and be still and actually commune with God through prayer. And so that through the process of learning more about how to do that in order to kind of heal from the loneliness I was feeling last summer, that song kind of flowed out of that. And um, so it's not necessarily, I wouldn't say that one's based out of scripture as much as it's just based out of what I know to be true about God mm -hmm. and um, what I was, what I was needing to ask him um, for. So uh, that was kind of a, a unique genre to kind of dip my toes into. And there's a few others that like that, that I've, I've kind of broken away from just scripture, but um, my favorite thing to do is to write songs that help me memorize scripture and um, because, oh, man, music is so powerful in like how many people probably remember lyrics from when they were a teenager. If they heard a song on the radio that they loved, they could probably just start singing. Um, mm -hmm. So the tapping into that power uh, and using music to weave God's truth into our hearts, it's powerful, very, very powerful. So I love to do that. If there's a chunk of scripture I'm really wanting to memorize, like I wanted to memorize um, Isaiah, I think it's from 64, 
maybe not. Um, there's, I forget, uh, the name of the song, but anyway, it's basically the section where, uh, when you pass through the waters, he will be with you. Um, mm -hmm. and for he's the Lord, your God, um, and he loves you. And it, there's, there's just these really deep, beautiful truths that were a huge comfort to me during a time that was kind of rough. And, um, that's almost word for word from the scripture, that whole mm -hmm. song. And it's, it's powerful. I, I know it now. I don't remember what part of Isaiah it's from, but <laughs> I know the words. <laughs> so. Well, here's the advantage it, it, to being a Christian is you look at Paul. He didn't say where it was written. He just said, it is written. And he just quoted the, the text. I love so, it. I'm just going to so start Paul, doing that. It's written. Yeah. It's in yeah. Isaiah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know that. It's an Isaiah. <laughs> and the great thing about all that is you're a psalmist. You're you're like David who uh, you said he, sometimes you, you write songs out of emotion or out of questioning or wrestling. That's half of what the, the book of Psalms is about is David wrestling with something, but at the same time remembering that God is God and I can praise and trust him, but I'm, I'm struggling in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. And oh, I love the Psalms. Um, our church, uh, our worship pastor was led into uh, what we call our Psalms project. Um, we started in, it was probably 2015. And he set out uh, as a church, we were going to sing every single Psalm, one mm -hmm. a Sunday until we were done. And uh, we took a few, I think we took 22 weeks to sing through 119, but we started that Sunday with Psalm 1 and we sing all the way through and um, we set Psalm text. You know, there's a lot of really good Psalm paraphrases out there. And um, some people have written song melodies um, for the Psalms, but for the most part, we ended up creating a lot of our own and um, I think it was by Psalm 60, he was looking to enlist help because <laughs> it yeah. was starting to get a little little hard uh, to keep up. And so um, I started helping out with some of the melody writing and uh, again, powerful way to get to know God's word. Um, so now we have we have a library of melodies for mm. all of the Psalms and we're slowly but surely recording those and releasing them um, the project was done in 2018, but we didn't really set out to record them and to share them initially. Uh, but that was requested so much that we are, we're now um, going back and recording them and releasing them too. So yeah. Uh, talk about a great way to get to know God's word. Um, mm -hmm. The Psalms, uh, setting them to melody. I, I know so many of them now. Um, I'm so thankful for that. And the music is so powerful that way because um, I can literally remember the first time and where I was when I heard a song, uh, heard music, like the song I Can Only Imagine. I remember exactly where I was when it first came out on the radio. And music has that power of transporting you, of reminding you of a memory, reminding you of a place or, or something. And music just carries such a value there that it's no wonder God uses it as a way to worship, as a way to unite people. Absolutely. 100% agree. So I want to invite everyone, be sure to check out andreasandifermusic.com to uh, find her different songs, find her original work, find her Christmas album. Uh, for those of you that uh, that 
are needing Christmas. And you know, actually, after 2020, if you want to celebrate Christmas from now until 2022, I don't fault you because it, it it's been a rough while. But uh, AndreaSandiferMusic.com is the website. Now, what I want to do uh, is uh, transition into one of our last two segments, and this is called the interrogation. Seven quick questions uh, that wouldn't have otherwise fit in the interview. Uh, they're mostly softballs, but there might be a challenge in there. So are you ready for the interrogation? <laughs> uh, sure. What you got? All right. So our first question of the interrogation is, what makes you laugh other than my lame jokes? <laughs> to say that joke really got me that was a good one uh you know what my son he is god's gift to me uh in that i laugh every single day because of something he says or does he is just he's my i think he might be my comedian uh he's gonna be fun yeah definitely my son does he get that from you or his dad I don't know. He's such a curious critter. I think <laughs> probably his dad. Uh, I grew up in a family that was, we just didn't joke around very much. We didn't mm. tease each other. And then I got to know his family and it was like everybody teased everybody. And it, it was like life was one big joke. And it was like, I don't know what to do with these people. And so it took me a while to kind of fit in. And I think he's he can he can tend to be overly serious sometimes, but then he'll say something and just, yeah, it, it completely cracks me up. And he's eight. I mean, the, the perspective of an eight year old too, just kind of adds to it, but he, he's a Lego fanatic and he sees the world through the lens of just wants to play and things are simple. But then like the other day, he threw me a profound question um, about, Oh Yeah. Uh, why, why the devil was so mad all the time? Like why, why, uh, why Satan is so bad? And is he just angry all the time? I'm like, yeah, maybe. Why do you think he's angry? And he said, maybe because Jesus is in charge. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, you're right. That probably doesn't make him very happy, does it? So just stuff like that just cracks me up. Great. Uh, question number two. Uh, what instrument do you wish you could play or play better? Oh, in uh, in heaven, I'm hoping that I'm just handed a cello and I automatically know how to play it, mm. and uh, there will be no pain. I've never tried it, I, and I probably should. It should be like one of those things I just because I love it so much. But I know so many really gifted cellists that I just get to um, enjoy what they do. But um, I do wish I could play the piano better. Uh, I, I play by ear, <laughs> which mm. is awesome. And I'm not saying I don't love that I play by ear, but at the same time, if I have a sheet, you know, of music set in front of me, I can't really sight read very well. And, um, when I play, I tend to play in like, my hands are pretty close together unless I'm doing instrumental music and then I'll elaborate a bit more. But, um, I think we're never too old to, um, keep growing in our, our craft and, um, like taking piano lessons, for instance, I, I did that for a while and life got crazy busy. So I had to drop it, but I can't wait to get back to that. Cause it really, anything that we can do to stretch ourselves, um, 
it's really good. But, and my son taking guitar lessons, um, again, because he's eight and has a hard time focusing, I am also learning guitar with him so that he can actually get through it. So I don't know, I might, I might end up, um, having the guitar here pretty soon too. It'd be really fun. Awesome. And you know what they say, there's always room for cello. Always room for cello. Oh, more cello. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, uh, question number three. What's the last movie that made you cry? <laughs> oh. <sighs> well, that is such a good question. I think almost every movie at some point makes me cry. Um, what's one of the last movies we watched as a family even? Oh, well, uh, we watched Endgame again because my son is a huge Avengers, mm, yeah. huge Avengers kid. And uh, my family, we, we all love those movies. And there are so many moments in that film, t especially. Um, but then, oh, man, there was one the other day I, I was watching with my daughter. Oh, what was it? It'll come to me middle of the night. I'll be like, I got to tell Dave. It was this yeah. one. But I honestly, any story, and I could be reading a book and I'll just burst out in tears because any story that moves my heart and just, if a storyteller or, you know, like a, a screenwriter, somebody can have this way of communicating a truth. Um, I just finished uh, Andrew Peterson's Wing Feather Saga um, book four. Um, and I, I was bawling my eyes out and it's just this children's fantasy fiction book. I was, I was crying because just the, the way that he communicated the, the depth of the love and the moments in that story, I just, ugh, I, I'm, I'm kind of, uh, it, it, the tap turns on pretty easy, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't matter the movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could be bold enough to plug one of my friends, uh, Christopher Sean Shaw was the director of a, of a comedy that actually made me tear up. I went oh. to see in theaters this weekend, uh, Church People. There is a very powerful scene at the end. It's like the climactic scene and the way they handled it. And plus, when you're watching a comedy, when you're laughing, you're already kind of vulnerable. So when they hit you with a message, it hits even harder. Mm -hmm. So uh, Church People has a very powerful uh, f closing scene or a climactic scene. And that actually caused me to, to well cool. up a little bit. And yes, I'm a man. I'm admitting that I can shed a few tears. And I'm mad enough to say that I do have a pink cell phone. And that's fine. Oh, look <laughs> at you. Hey, that's right. Hey, I'm married. I can, I, I'm confident. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so let's go on to question number four, and that is, what's something that you wish you were better at, other than the instrumental thing, but is there something <laughs> that you wish you were better at? Uh, home management, like all the things, uh, cleaning, paperwork. Adulting is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, at, yeah. at 11 and 8 years old, they're getting old enough that you start teaching them to take some of that responsibility off of you. Yes. And uh, what is the problem, though, Dave, is I expect things to be done, like, perfectly, which is 
I really need to repent of that as well. But <laughs> it's just so like asking my child to fold a towel oh. and watching that process just stresses me out so much. And so thankfully, so my daughter is now doing her own laundry, like from start to finish, like the whole shebang. And it's gloriously good. And she, yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm learning like there are different things that I'm doing that they probably could be doing that would probably be really, really helpful to me. I just need to ask. I'm really, really bad at delegating. Like I'd be a terrible manager. I'd be <laughs> like, all these things need to be done. I need to do them all. And I've got all these employees just waiting and not with nothing to do. I, it'd be terrible. So um, I should probably go to school for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, my house is always kind of messy. Uh, but we're building memories and they always have decent ish food to eat. So, you know, they're, we're surviving. We're, we got clean clothes most of the time and, you know, <laughs> with a little dog hair here and there, it's all good. So exactly. Dog hair is a, is a badge of honor. <laughs> it, it's the cat hair that, that, that means you need to repent and be prayed for. <laughs> no cats here. My husband would not allow it. <laughs> I, I married into three cats, and oh. so it was like, okay, that's my cross to bear in the marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, question number five. Uh, it's kind of a two-parter. What's the best and the worst thing about living in Alaska? Oh, man. Yeah, we've been up here for 14 and a half years now. Um, I'd say the best thing about living in Alaska is how beautiful it is. Um, and as someone who's really, I, I really love how creation speaks of God's faithfulness and his power and his majesty. And <clears throat> I think it's, it's a perfect place to live because you're just, you're just constantly surrounded by it. Um, mm. But also the worst thing about living in Alaska is um, it's very dangerous. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, um, Alaska has a way of chewing you up and spitting you out uh, pretty quickly if if you don't uh, keep mindful. Like we love to we love to explore and be out um, in the wilderness quite a bit. And uh, just this past week we were. Um, out at a remote cabin and snow machining. Uh, we have to snow machine in, take all of our food and clothes and stuff in on sleds. Um, it's about 10 mile ride into the cabin. And um, on that route, uh, a couple of years ago in breakup season, we were driving out and um, we weren't on snow machines that one trip, but um, we were on um, our Argo, which is like an eight wheeled, amphibious type vehicle um, can float in water, but um, it broke through a, a thin part of the ice and uh, we had to kind of abandon it and get out. And um, in the course of trying to get to safety, I actually found a different spot in the thin ice and went down through the ice. Mm. And uh, it was scary to think like just in an instant like that, that, yeah. You know, and and I know that you know thin ice can happen anywhere, but it just seems like up here in Alaska, like if you if you don't wrap your head around what could happen, 
even on the way to school, like driving to school, uh, there could be a moose that runs across the road and you knock into it or, um, you know, I don't know. It's just the brutal temperatures. It's just, everything's a little extreme up here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's something I've had to kind of get used to. I thought I was rough and tough and, um, you know, living in Colorado up in the mountains, but it's like a whole nother level of extreme up here, which, um, is awesome and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. So I'm sure I, I would definitely love to visit. I'm not sure I want to live in Alaska because being in Chicago, I get plenty cold enough. I don't oh yeah. Cold. Yeah. You could hack our winters up here being from there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. I think our, our winters up here are actually probably a little better um, than the, the lake area there because um, I remember like, so growing up in the Midwest there, I remember not being able to go to school because the windchill was like 75 below or something oh. horrid. And we had one of those terrible ice storms that coated everything. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't have that up here, <laughs> at least not where I live. So it's like what I lived through in the Midwest was worse than what uh, I lived through up here. So yeah, it's interesting. You could hack it. You could totally hack okay. it. <laughs> awesome. Uh, question number six: uh, Who do you most identify with from the Bible? Oh, that's a good question. <sighs> you know, probably Matthew, hmm. uh, because I feel like Matthew was kind of—he um, was kind of an outcast and kind of misunderstood. And um, he was intelligent. Like I, this didn't come up before, and I, you know, I'm, I'm trying not to be like all boastful about it. But my my education is in engineering. I'm actually a, a professional civil engineer. Oh. Um, yeah, and I don't I don't work in it anymore. But it's just like so this transition into ministry work, coming out of being in that field, uh, I've been very misunderstood for years mm. uh, by family, especially, um, which is okay. I mean, it's a weird, it's the journeys God takes us on the, the, the turns he takes us on can be a little crazy to people, uh, from the outside looking in sometimes. And, um, I love how Matthew kind of just leaned into his new identity as a follower of Jesus and, um, just walked with his eyes completely forward and really just gripped that. And, um, and people, I think, uh, eventually they kind of figured out that, you know, Matthew was, he was on a good path. It was good for him. So yeah, I'd say Matthew. Nice. All right. Final question of this segment. If you could collab with any musician, who would you want to work with? Oh, do I have to pick one? Well, pick a couple. It's fine. A couple. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm taking part in, uh, it's called the Hem Collective right now. The Gettys are putting it on Kristen and Keith Getty. Um, if I could collaborate with Kristen Getty mm. on something, I think it, I could learn a lot from her. Uh, her the depth of her poetry in her writing, um, and I, I've been told I have a bit of an Irish style in my music writing too, my melody writing, and I don't really know what that means. And I think they could kind of teach me what that means. And that, that would be glorious. 
guests. But um, so Kristen Getty and then JJ Heller, she's uh, maybe a little less known, um, but she is a mom and she writes um, lovely, like lullaby type songs. And um, again, very poetic, very, um, some of them are just, they cut to the core. Every time I hear mm -hmm. them, I'm like, this one is just saying so much more than um, just every time I listen to, you hear something deeper almost. And so, yeah, I'd say JJ Heller, uh, which she's just kind of cool anyway. I uh, would love to get to know her and collabing with somebody. You really get to know a person too. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty amazing. The, the depth of life you share as you try to do music with each other. It's pretty great. So. Awesome. All right. And uh, Andrew, the last question we ask every guest is for anyone that's looking to step up and use their gifts for God's glory, what would your wise counsel be for them? Oh, I don't know how wise it is, but uh, yeah, I would say that being okay with your unique style and voice and and when I say be be okay with it, like don't don't think you've got to sound like everybody else or your for your art to look like everyone else's, because I've really come to believe, uh, and maybe it's through encouraging artists at my church, but that every single one of us were created in such a unique way for a reason, like the art that flows out of our uniqueness is unique for a reason. It needs to be shared. You know, you think about it, like we have four gospels in mm. the Bible. They're all saying the same thing, but they're all slightly different to where we may identify with one of them more than another, or we may read a passage in one and go, Oh, I didn't think of it that way. And mm. so like, if, if, me as a songwriter and like my worship pastor as a songwriter or my friend over in Florida as a songwriter, if we're all pouring our work into the church, who knows uh, who, who God's going to, you know, what God's going to use to express a truth to someone. So trusting that your unique voice, your unique art, God, wants to use that and he will yeah. and to not worry about um because critics yes critics are out there uh and you know yes it takes a lot of bravery to share stuff out on the internet because you're kind of almost feeding the lions in a way sometimes um but to try to again i love the name of your podcast gifts for his glory it's not for our glory it's not we have to take our eyes off of that. We have to think, okay, obedience. What's what's a step of obedience in pouring out into the church what God's poured into me and to really lean into that and, and to be brave about it. Um, and then I'd say to like find a community um, that is encouraging to you um, if you don't feel brave uh, to share uh, find a community that really um, helps you forward in that, you know, something like Creatively Christian or, um, you know, at my church, I started Arts for the Kingdom, these these events to encourage our artists, because I felt like that 
that was, there was a lack there. Like we had a ton of people in our church that were super creative and super talented and they weren't really using their gifts to glorify the Lord. And, and now they can, and they have a safe place to share. And we've seen some people bring out talents and gifts that they haven't used for decades. Mm. And um, they're rediscovering the joy of creating art and, that's a huge gift uh, to me as, as their cheerleader. Um, but uh, yeah, find a good community to plug into where you'll be encouraged, um, especially um, in a way that is uh, glorifying to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some groups out there that would really encourage you forward and, you know, um, getting your feet wet in the industry and being discovered and all this, you know, yeah, that's exciting and that's cool. And everybody wants to, you know, be known and be heard, I guess. But um, if it's not for God and if it's not, um, yeah, I'd say start there, really make him your focus and don't worry about the critics and oh man. Yeah. (laughs) Find an encouraging group of people. Yep. Absolutely. That's great advice. It's so important to find encouraging people around you because if you're working in your giftings, there is an enemy that doesn't want you to do that because sometimes your giftings may be only to reach one person and the enemy desperately wants to make sure that you don't reach that one person. And so he's going to try to discourage you at at every turn. So having a community is so important. And, uh, and I also like what you said there, basically don't, uh, to summarize, don't be ashamed of your uniqueness, your unique voice, your unique thought process, because you're made in a way that God wants to use you. And he doesn't want, he doesn't want me to be Andrew. He doesn't want you to be Dave, uh, which would be really weird for a lot of reasons. But, but the, the basic thing is we're designed with a purpose and a plan. And uh, I can't be somebody else. I have to be who God made me to be. And you're the same. Yeah. And that we need each other. You know, we, that's, it's just the most beautiful picture of the church is like, we are all unique. We all have different strengths and um, different weaknesses where we can really come alongside each other and, and help. And um, God knew what he was doing when he used the body as an analogy, you know, hands and feet and, um, yeah, it's when when we embrace that our uniqueness and really pour into the church um, through our unique um, giftings. It's it's a blessing to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Andrea Sandifer, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we have the ticker going across the bottom where they can connect with you on Facebook at Andrea Sandifer Music or on Instagram at Andrea Sandifer or andrewsandifer.com to get all those links and uh, and follow your music, uh, exceptional music. We heard uh, just a little bit ago, a little sample of it earlier, and there's plenty more music to find there. Um, so thank you for, for coming on. Uh, I hope it wasn't uh, too hard on you. With the oh, no, this is great. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> So uh, for everyone uh, uh, tuning in, I want, I want to remind you of next week, we have another guest, uh, Sandy Kirkham. She's going to be talking about her testimony and also her book, Let Me Pray Upon You, uh, a very powerful testimony, very powerful story that she tells in that book. So that's next Wednesday right here on Gifts of Glory. 
uh, will be Sandy Kirkham. And the following week uh, will be uh, comedian, actor, uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence. He's going to be joining us. And it's going to be March 31st, but we're going to do this for April, which is National Humor Month. So we got a bunch of comedians lined up uh, who are actually funnier than me, believe it or not. <laughs> but uh, Mark Christopher Lawrence will be our guest in two weeks. Uh, so I hope that you will join us for those. And uh, Andrea, again, thank you for uh, being on the Gifts for Glory podcast. I wish you all the best and stay warm. And uh, uh, God bless you and uh, Theophany Media and the Creatively Christian podcast. Oh, thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great day or night, depending on when you watch. Bye. <laughs>